Welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a podcast for the church and about the church. I'm Mike Shera, and I'm here with Connor Hass. And today we're going to address something that stirs up a lot of controversy. Let's be as controversial as we can be today, Connor. We're going to try. Yes, we're going to do our best. No, seriously, we want to talk about all the upheaval in the larger church. Okay, not at Grace Church of Orange, not at specific assemblies. You know, we hear that things are going on at Bethlehem Baptist in Minneapolis and at, um, at David Platt, where he pastors at McLean, McLean Bible yeah. Church uh, in Virginia. And all sorts of churches and organizations are kind of getting upheaval. But I want to talk about the big upheaval that's been happening in uh, the true church of Jesus Christ. Uh, some people call it the evangelical church. Some people call it the Orthodox Christian church. Some people just call it the church. And and it's a wide, wide ranging group uh, that would fit under that umbrella. But Connor, let's talk about the kind of upheaval we've been seeing and then what lessons we might take uh, to help us in our local assembly. Okay. Okay, well, let me just start with some questions for you, Mike, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll set the scene by just saying, and maybe maybe a lot of you listening are aware of this, but in the last, I, I don't know what you'd say, Mike, in the last year, mm-hmm. in the last, I would say even maybe especially since summer, but in the last year, mm-hmm. there've been a flurry of articles that essentially are saying, I, I'm thinking of one, uh, evangelicalism's soul is splintering, mm-hmm. or evangelicalism has a day of reckoning coming, coming or there's there's just been myriad articles, mm-hmm. you know, kind of across, bouncing across all the, Christian blogosphere um, saying that evangelicalism has this kind of impending day of reckoning coming and we're living in the middle of it in some ways. Um, Where do you see all of this having its beginning? When do you think that these, the things that are setting, you know, what's happening now in motion, where, where do those forces begin? Was this something that was on your mind two years ago, three years ago? Uh, Mm -hmm. When did, when did the, the splintering over issues of, race and over issues of gender and over issues mm-hmm. of whatever you might call wokeness or or a opposition to wokeness when did all these things kind of start to surface in evangelicalism well at its foundation it started in the garden right and it started in the old testament you see the people of god continually you know stubbing their toe or crashing into each other but even in the new testament it's interesting that paul in ephesians 4 verse 3 would say that we are to bear one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So many reminders of our unity because sinners are bound to disunity. As to your question in the current upheaval, I would say it started, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Okay. I think when, even when, when evangelicalism was like, quote unquote, popular, okay, now we're seen as the bad guys, right? I think... It started splintering then in the sense that the, 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 the foundational cracks where it's like, oh, yeah, it's cool to be a Christian. We need to let the world know that Christians can have fun. Uh, Christians are accepted in the public square. And again, you know, we're called in, in 1 Timothy 2 to pray that we, for, for all those who are in authority, kings and all in authority, that we might live a, a life that is, uh, you know, with, without, you know, persecution on the church. And so part of that could be that there was a, uh, a stronger Christian influence in the culture. But I think at some point it got conflated with politics. It got conflated, conflated with social issues. And I think it's, things just splinter off as they splinter off. There are always 
kind of a remnant of Christians that just stick to the word and interact well in the context where they live in the time in which they live. But then there will also be Christians who kind of go off on tangents. And I think the politics, I think the social issues have, have really just overtaken a lot of people. So that now there are, you know, some of these articles that are getting written are written by professing believers that are very strong, professing believers that are very weak, uh, unbelievers, and people or people that fully just want to take the church down and right. say it's interesting that you know Christianity is the new whipping boy of the right. pu- in the public square. Yeah, and so you look at all of that, and you're like, there is much for us to indict ourselves on. Jesus said, uh, you know, a new commandment I give you, John. 13, 34, and 35, that you love one another. Right. Even as I have loved right. you, you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. John Owen was writing about schisms in the church, you know, how so far long, so so long ago, and it was going on, it's been going on in every yeah. age, yeah. every age. Yeah, let, let me ask you this question. And actually, before I do, just to define terms for anybody who's who's listening and still going, what are you talking about? Evangelicalism is not ripping apart, or I don't see any of this at Grace Church. Mm-hmm. Mike, you could help me flesh this out. But I would basically say, in the la- I would I would say in the last five years, uh, we saw in 2016 at the at the in the election in 2016 mm-hmm. the surfacing of a lot of frustration and and kind of disagreement within churches and within evangelicalism across the nation over what exactly you're talking about, issues of politics and issues of kind of social issues. Mm -hmm. Those issues then in 2020, I think, exploded in mass in a way that maybe wasn't even seen as clearly in 2016. But you have believers who, and I'm I'm just trying to kind of set parameters here and you can speak to this Mm -hmm. too, but I would say basically you have believers who share unity on a doctrinal front and, and even within maybe reformed churches, you have a, a shared commitment to some of the things that have been kind of holding groups like Together for the Gospel, the Gospel Coalition, um, even some other kind of, you know, wider cross-denominational ties. Doctrinal things that have been holding those groups together are not leading to unity on issues of public theology. So, for example, and I'm, I'm just going to say this as an example, for example, to be Deanna Wheelie, who wrote the book that that we have used in our membership class at points in the past, mm-hmm. how to be a healthy church member or whatever. Right, that, I whatever used it called. as a textbook when I taught at a seminary as well. Yeah, so yeah. He, he would be really united with us doctrinally on a lot of, of the most crucial issues, but he's taken a very different tack now in his approach to social issues and specifically social issues of race. Right, and so we're you know the church is 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 in upheaval in a lot of ways over these exact issues. How should we mm-hmm. respond to what's happening in society? And you could even, you know, you could ask questions of individual believers. Is, you know, is systemic racism an issue in our society today or is it largely a thing of the past? You know, right, and it's right. funny that all these things coincide, but should believers wear masks out of love for neighbor or is wearing a mask a sign of cowardice and an unwillingness to have Christian courage? Was Trump's presidency, something that was really good for the evangelical church or something that was really bad and gave Christians a bad name. Those kinds of questions are leading to a lot of division among evangelicals. So mm-hmm. I, would you speak into that in any other way? Would you add anything to that? I would, but let me let me give some perspective to it though too. Okay, so let's just talk about a volcano. When a volcano erupts, it's because there's been rumblings for a long time. Right. And when an earthquake hits, it's because there have been fault lines 
coming for a long time. Right. Okay. Right. Cue uh, Vody Bauckham's book, Fault Lines. Right. No. So, but here's the thing. So you talk about foundational doctrinal truths, you talk about public policy and, and, you know, po- politics and social issues. And, you know, you can ask those questions. Was the Trump presidency, you can ask any question, any, you ask it about the uh, Obama administration or the Bush administration right, or the right, Reagan administration. Right. Um, so, yes, but that's where the, the conversation has gone. And, but here's, I think here's why. This is my, my take on it. Foundational doctrinal truths, uh, which once united uh, a, uh, the, the true church, have often been denied. Okay. 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 I'm so with there you. are some that just leave. But then you right. take those same foundational doctrinal truths and you hold to them, and then you add in public policy and politics and social issues. Right. I'm and, still with you. Okay. okay. So what happens is Christians have made choices to stand elsewhere apart from those they have foundational doctrinal unity with. Right. And so what has happened is Christians have taken sides. Right. Socially so, and politically. So that, I'm just yeah. jumping in here, but so yeah. that many believers who share doctrine in common with maybe another believer mm-hmm. might feel more unity with somebody who's in the same political camp or the same camp on a social issues they are right. than another believer who's in a different camp yet shares their, their belief in fundamental Christian truth. Right. And that's, what's the unfortunate part about it. Okay. So, so the thing is, you know, God and his truth has not changed. Okay. Right. right. But we take these sides against fellow believers. So what we do is we say, we don't deny the foundational doctrinal truth, but what we say is, Sorry, but that's not enough glue to hold us together. And then when, when you think about it clearly, the blood of Christ, which is behind all those foundational doctrinal truths, they're saying in essence, the blood of Christ is not enough to hold us all together because my political view or my social view has now taken precedent in my mind over this idea of being eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Now, if every believer applied Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, what you'd notice is that they would say, you know, my political views, while strong, are subservient to my foundational doctrinal beliefs under Christ. Right. And I think in all these churches, I mean, you think about what's gone on with the Southern Baptists, with Russell Moore and Beth Moore, and you think about what's going on with uh, Ed Stetzer and and David Platt, and and you go on and on and on. And you go with, uh, you know, again, I mentioned Bethlehem Baptist. You go with, you notice that um, elder, plurality of elders and, and what's going on with the elders is kind of a key thing in most of these right. in a local church. Right. That there, if uh, there's division at that level, it's going to, it's yes. going to spill down to the lowest. Yeah. yeah. And leadership styles and even, uh, you know, spiritual abuse and toxic culture, blah, right. blah, blah. Right. And so political conflicts aren't always the whole reason for the turmoil, but it, it comes down, I think at the end of the day to personal issues with believers, hmm. personal issues that they make public. And the problem is it never, when you have to adjudicate all your issues in social media yeah. or in the news, you know, on online, it creates this firestorm where everyone's jumping in the fray. They're not looking at, at backstory. They're not looking at how the person got there. They're not looking at process. They're looking at 
who can I take a pot shot at right, right now? Right, you know, right. Sometimes it's fun, but it's very tiring to read the uh, to read the comments. You know, and this you isn't know. exactly related to this conversation, but a, an article I read recently was talking about how many how many believers they're all that they think and all that they're really can you know convinced of and mm-hmm. the things that they hold most strongly are just negative reactions against certain viewpoints. Right. So there's really not any positive constructive thinking. It's it's as you know, some believers yeah. operate as if. All they really know is this is the group I'm supposed to not like. So whenever I see something from that person or that group or whoever it is that I'm not supposed to agree with, yeah. I need to find a you know a reason to disagree. But that's not really a very positive way to to represent the Lord, you know, to only well, no. be reactionary and disagree, even though of course we do disagree at times. No, to be but, reactionary, yeah, is, is is gonna always lead us in a different direction than what God would want us to lead in. Yeah. Let me just let me ask you two questions to kind of maybe bring us towards a close here. I do want to get to um, I want to get to a practical question about Grace Church of Orange. But first, I just want to ask you: You're a pastor, and you've been a pastor for a long time, and you have your ear to the ground on these things, and talk to other pastors. Mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm actually curious myself. What is your What is your um, sense of what's happening in evangelicalism right now? Are we really looking at kind of the end of an era, and there's going to be a massive kind of restructuring in America? Or do you think it's going to, is it going to blow over? What, mm-hmm. what's, what do you, what's your take on sure. how the next few years are going to go? Okay. So you've been around me a long time and you know, I never use the term evangelicalism. I, it's just, it's, it's a buy. it's, it's a, it's been passed by so long ago. I never used the term, you know, I talk about the church of Jesus Christ, right? The church. And the thing is, it's not the end of the church. Okay. There are movements within the church. Is it the end of evangelicalism? That happened a long time ago. Hmm. I mean, in my mind, that was passe, you know, yeah. 10, 20 hmm. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, uh, evangelicalism, you know, the, the idea is so broad based. You look at all those Barna research things and it's like evangelicals say this, that, and the other. And it's like <laughs> you, you, yeah. the, the definition is so right. weak and right. so broad, you know, you know, everybody can fit under it almost, you know. I'm an American. Yeah, I go to church on so, Easter. I'm an evangelical. So personally, that's, that's it's so not. True. Personally, it makes no difference to me what title you give anything is. But if you go to a biblical title, it's the church. You know, the the bride of Christ, the the, the building of God, the body of Christ. Um, you know, we are his his body, his building, his bride. And look, I, here's the thing. I, when we look at all of this, it's like, oh man, everything's so complicated. But when you put you know, when you go home and you just, you're with your family and you just settle in for the evening and you put your head on your pillow and you say your prayers and you read your Bible and you're like, the world gets right when you do that. Right. And, you know, I go back, I just say it's the clarion call once again to the law and to the testimony. Go back to the word of God. Go back to Second Timothy 2.15, the word of God rightly handled and, and it will be right in your sphere of the world. And all you can do, all I can do is deal with my sphere of the world. So I guess that's a good tee up to let's talk yeah. about Grace yeah, Church Yeah, let's talk Orange. about Grace Church Warrants. I just want to ask you, um, where do you where do you see these things impacting us? We both agree that we probably have felt, you know, these rattlings more at Grace than we would even realize. Oftentimes it's not super overt. Maybe it's beneath the surface. But where are you seeing this in, in, in your interactions with people? Are you seeing any specific dangers that as somebody who's listening right now, if they're a member of Grace... Uh, can be aware of and and try to avoid. I'll just leave it kind of open-ended like that. Okay, great question. Oh, where to start? Um, look, the bedrock for Grace Church of Orange is God's Word rightly handled, a plurality of elders, expositional preaching, 
gospel changed relationships, you know, multi-generational ministry. Uh, we, we don't make huge statements politically or socially. A lot of churches have done that, what, be they far left or far right, or just right or left. We all have our strong opinions. Our elders are united uh, around what unites us. We, we don't touch the things that we don't need to touch in terms of opening up big cans of worms. Uh, as I mentioned to you before we were on the, on the podcast here, there are some good friends of mine that are pastors of churches that do like to make the big, strong statements. And again, right and left, but most of my pastors are going to be more right-leaning, my right. pastor friends. Right. And what they do is they get a whole church full of those, the people that think that way politically and socially as well as, and we agree biblically. What you'll find though at Grace Church of Orange is that we tend to, we, we seek always to strike a balance and say, there is room at Grace Church of Orange for anyone and everyone who will unite around Christ crucified, risen and coming again, and the church as God's vehicle for the gospel to the ends of the earth. That the church is God's plan, that the family and the church is God's plan, that through the local church, he will fulfill his purposes and we don't have to agree on every single point. It's interesting that I have had this conversation with so many people over the last year and a half, and I've made this comment. And I've, I've, here's what I've said. You need to stop believing and perpetrating conspiracy theories. I've said that. And it's interesting that I've said it to friends on the, the right and the left, okay? Right. We have this tendency in our lives to go one way or the other, and and really the biblical way is is straight down the middle, and and there's no cliff that you fall off of. There's no tipping point. It's like hmm. the Bible, rightly handled, will lead you in the right way. Right, and set your focus on the things that matter most. Set your thing. Set your mind on the things above, where yeah. Christ is, yeah. at the right hand of God. Yeah, no, that's super helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe just kind of a. a parting question and then we can wrap it up uh just uh, this is totally meddling here so i so, like uh, i think okay. meddling is good okay yeah. here's my here's my take and i think we would both probably agree with this my take is that at grace we would lean towards being on the right side of a lot of these issues <laughs> i mean the right correct on, side. The, <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i mean um on a political or social issue we might lean more more um, sure well that's, right that's, than left. that's easy to see yeah. So, so if if we grant that, my question would just be: Is there anything that that we could encourage people to be thinking about, so that we're not so that we're not that group of people that that really allows a political allegiance or or, an, or a commitment to a social agenda supersede our love for the Lord, okay. which should allow us to have you know even great love and be you know being beloved and feeling the mm -hmm. love of others in the body, even who would maybe land in a different place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we don't poke bears. Okay, we don't poke bears. We don't flick ears. Okay, you know, flicking someone's ear to annoy them or poking the bear to get them to chase you. That's what a lot of pastors have done, again, on the right and the left. And sure, we're going to be, it's very obvious to see that we're a conservative church theologically. Right, right, right. right. Um, pretty much socially, politically, what I, well, you can say whatever you want. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not hard to figure that out. Except that it would be if you looked at any of our publications. 
if you look at any of our publications, no, we're not, we're not to, showing yeah. our hand. Right. And I think that's the, the problem that has happened so many times is people take sides yeah. on public issues, on policy issues, on political and social issues. And they take sides then pitting believers against believers. And what we've chosen to do is say, no, we are going to, to preach the word right. and we're going to lift up the word. And we're not putting it through the lens of a political or a social issue. We are we are shining the word upon all the political and social issues. What you've noted, if you go through all my sermons over the last year and a half, anything I've said about any political or social issue is it has the sh- the light of the gospel shined right, on it. Right. And I'm not making huge judgment calls. Yep. Because I'm not called to do that. Yeah. I'm called right. to to preach the word, right. so we don't poke bears. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. I heard, and I heard recently. Like, I, I'm just thinking of somebody who, um, you know, and I can put myself in this camp at, at points, um, thinking that the Bible always kind of backs up my knee-jerk conservative reaction. <laughs> well, the one of these articles that we just read yeah. recently said, look, if if the if the Hebrew scriptures or the New Testament are never causing you to consider, and even if they're never challenging your political opinions, then you might you not you might not be giving them enough weight, because at points you know Jesus absolutely gets in yeah. and he causes us to think and even change what we believe. And if if politics is one of the things that I value, you know, or social if social involvement, if Jesus is never restructuring my thinking about those things, then maybe I, that's an area of my life that I haven't submitted to His Lordship. Yeah. I, I think that's a a good place to close. (laughs) Wholeheartedly agree with you. And listeners, thanks for joining us for the Ordinary Church Podcast. Join us next time as we seek to follow Christ and Scripture and keep talking about the church and do this for the church. God bless you.